This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Horn-locked whale is my spirit animal, and we got the wilds of Eldraine set for you. Next on Eternal Dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Zach, are we the greatest content creators of all time, though? Dude, we're we're pretty close. Uh, first off, thank you to everybody. We just hit 1,000, like, literally, like, within a half an hour of the day, uh, we hit 1,000 subscribers. So we're monetized now. Uh, YouTube pays us to be here, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, on top of that, uh, we wanted to, uh, real quick... We wanted to give a shout out to our very first uh, money paying uh, subscriber. Uh, I'm going to please uh, forgive me if I uh, screw up your name, but uh, I wanted to give a specific shout out to uh, our, our very first member subscriber, uh, Andre Philippe Araval Zanetti. Andre Philippe Araval uh, Zanetti, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining the uh, the membership on YouTube. If anybody else wants to do that, you get a bunch of cool perks and stuff like that. It also just like helps us make the channel. It helps us keep keep go, uh, going with the channel, and uh, it's something you know we love to do. And knowing that we can set aside time for that, monetarily speaking, is is a big deal for us. And so we we want to thank you. We want to thank all our Patreon supporters. So if you're a Patreon person. Uh, you can go to uh, Eternal Dirtles, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles and uh, support us there. Uh, again, we try to we try to make sure that we interact uh, with everybody there, but YouTube is the main place we do uh, all of our interactions. So hit us up there. You can also join our Discord. Uh, that's free. You can just do that. Uh, we've got a lot of people on the Discord, and that's a fun place to talk about uh, legacy and whatnot. And uh, with that said, Phil, let's talk about uh, the Wilds of Eldraine. All right, so the only playable card is Horned Lock Whale, and there, there you go. There's the whole separate. So for anybody that was watching, uh, looking at my side while Zach was uh, congratulating ourselves for having our first uh, paid supporter on YouTube, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, it, it helps because, as you saw, my, my mic broke. <laughs> I just put it back together while you were doing that. So it's all, it's all coming together. We're yep. the greatest content creators alive. What a day this is! A One of these subscribers. days, yeah, I'm going to be able to afford a better, a better uh, camera and and a uh, brand new microphone. And okay, uh, Zach, you know, tell me why rats are uh, going to be the best new R A T S. Yeah, rats. The rats, the archetype, coming to a legacy event near you, gonna crush. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> wow. Okay. Ogre Slumlord will not see play in this format. <laughs> Dude, there are so many adventures, so many adventures to look through. There are so many adventures. So let's let's just start it off, uh, and we'll talk about... uh, So we're going to go over all the cards that'll see play, and I want to talk about some traps, too. Very first trap is uh, Moonshaker Cavalry. Uh, Moonshaker Cavalry is an 8 mana, that is 5, and 3 white mana for a 6-6 Flying Spirit Knight that when it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain... 
plus X plus X and flying where X is the number of creatures you control. Phil, tell them why this is a trap. Zach, can I can I natural order for that? Um, you cannot natural order for that, no. Oh wow, I guess I'll never play it then. Yeah. You can't green sun zenith for it either. Um and so yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons. Also, like, you know, just it being like Here's the other thing. I think a thing that people, like, especially in the EDH spaces, aren't really talking about when they're comparing this to Craterhoof Behemoth. Craterhoof Behemoth has haste. This does not have haste. Like, sell this. Like, it's not going to be a... uh, It'll be a card that people play in, like, mono-white decks in EDH. Uh, So when you get it, sell into the hype and uh, get some of these other cards that we're going to talk about. But this card is one of those, like... It's a trap all over the place, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, yeah, there'll be some ser- scenarios where, like, you win big with, with this card in, like, uh, a casual format. But if you're a Legacy player, put sell those and get Legacy cards. You're going to be way happier with that. Uh, yeah, man. So- also, just stop playing creatures altogether. Like, let me... let me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to put Source of Plowshares in my deck. Let's fill the best out. life. <laughs> yeah, let me... Let me let, let's, let's, let's just play on the stack. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, we don't know what that is. All right, so our next card, uh, Phil, is Asinine Antics. Uh, that is a sorcery for two and two blue, and it says, you may cast Asline Andix as though it had flash if you pay two more. So this is a six mana card if you want to cast it with flash. Uh, for each creature your opponents control, create a cursed roll token attached to that creature. So the cursed roll creature attachment roll tokens, they just make the creature that it's attached to have base power and, uh, and toughness 1-1. One, one. It does not take away any of their abilities. It just changes the power and toughness to 1-1. One, one. The the only area that I like I wanted this on the list was it's a blue sorcery that does a reasonable Wrath of God effect for uh, any type of if if the creatures are more than elves uh, in terms of the power and toughness then this is a nice maybe it's a Burning Wish target but it is a blue Wrath sort of effect. Uh, also, when you move anything to base power and toughness one one in an Orcus Bowmaster format, like that's not nothing. Yeah. So maybe there's something there, like this being able to hit <clears throat> like every every part of um like like hitting a Death Shadow or the Troll or something. Now you got to get to that point in the game. Like four mana is a lot. You're never resolving it. But like that maybe there's a world where like you can convert some sort of synergies in that space without having to dip into uh outside of those blue and black. Uh, the other side of it though is there's maybe some combo potential depending on what you're playing against because those cursed roll tokens are considered enchantments yeah and so if there's anything that cares about you know x number of enchantments hitting the board at the same time maybe there's combo potential that's all that's it yep that's that's all about that card uh a six mana uh combat trick uh maybe uh is is in your future at some point um so uh the next card we want to talk about is Virtue of knowledge. This is the, one of the very first of all of the uh, of all of the uh, new adventure cards that we were talking about. And uh, so this one uh, reads: It's a five mana enchantment, but its adventure is two mana as an instant. And it says: Copy target activated or triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then its uh, its enchantment effect is: If a permanent entering the battlefield. Uh, causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So I don't think we're really even worried about the five mana version of this card. Is there a, is there a space that we would want a, like, strionic resonator uh, effect? Bro, put that put this right into your Royal Assassin deck. 
get it in there. Get it in there immediately. <laughs> it is a, that is an activated ability. Um, I, I mean, I guess the the you know uh, areas that this could see play in, uh, you know, is like like storm decks or something, or like uh, the the thing that uh, Phil, you just sent me uh, a list yeah, of shout cards. Out to- Shout out to Andrew who uh, yeah. sent us in our Discord. If you're not in the Discord, join the Discord. Uh, he sent us a list of cards that uh, have potential and different aspects or different uh, possibilities of where those cards might shine. And uh, in this one, he pointed out that Virtue of Knowledge, uh, it is a two-mana way to double up your fetch lands. So if and, you yeah. fetch the thing... like. I, I am not high on this card at all, though. I, I get that there is there is something to be said about doubling your triggers, doubling your storm triggers. You know, mine's desire just got unbanned. Being able to tag that, but uh, if we're if we're at those base, like th- this is so much additional on top of the the cake that I don't yeah. I don't think it's going to see play. One area that I think the, uh, the big the big point he was making here was that uh, it doubles your candelabra trigger. Wow. Your activated ability of your candelabra. Uh, not not a realm that I play in very often. Uh, that's far too rich for my blood. I like Death Shadow Nate cast because there's no reserve list cards in those decks. You know, but, I, I, uh, I, if you want to double a Candelabra, that this will do it. That is true. If you if you are somebody who owns Candelabras and actively plays with Candelabras, then this card is the exact kind of card you would play, no matter how unplayable I think it is. <laughs> true. Now, so, for the record, if I owned Candelabras, I would be that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the very first card I think has potential to truly see play in this format, uh, and that is Beseech the Mirror, Phil. Beseech the Mirror, I think, is the uh, slam dunk card of the set that's obviously going to see a ton of play. Uh, it is exceptionally good, and everybody's already talked about it, and you know we'll put in our two cents because that's what we do as the greatest content creators live. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Beseech so, the Mirror, uh, it's... go for it. Go. Oh, yeah. So Beseech the Mirror is three black mana and one carless for a bargain that means uh if you sacrifice an artifact enchantment or token uh, as you cast a spell you get an additional effect sort of uh kicker with the sacrifice to it uh search your library for and uh, search your library for a card exile it face down then shuffle if that spell was bargained and the uh cost of the spell is four or less you can cast that card for free uh then you put the exile card into your hand if it wasn't uh bargained yeah so th- it's a demonic not demonic. What's the it's uh the what's the diabolic four drop diabolic tutor? Diabolic. It's a diabolic tutor. tutor at at the baseline. It's the diabolic tutor, which is bad. Uh, if you it, which is bad. We're not playing that effect. In, in We're definitely Legacy. not playing not that effect. Purpose. But that's 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 the floor of the card, mm-hmm. which is unplayable. <laughs> unplayable. But the but the upside is if you do bargain it, it just becomes a zero mana tutor for whatever you're searching out because yeah. you pay four mana and then you get that four mana back at uh at most on the back end. So, and what so are some good like four drops? Let's say uh, that you that you would want to pick up for free. Search your deck and just play. So, my understanding is that the storm community is halvesies on this card. Some people think that the bargain is way more difficult to pull off than they think, okay. uh, and others think that this card is just going to enable a bunch of turn one kills because it's way. It, it's just you know they printed so. it as zero mana tutor, and that's pretty nutty. And mm-hmm. you know there, there, the sequences that you have with cards like this. Uh, because tendrils is a four mana spell, which means that okay. this effectively okay. works as copies of tendrils in your hand, but also opens you to uh, performing additional tutor tra- chains the way that uh, infernal tutor chains used to work for uh, ad nauseum tendrils. So okay. 
we, we've mentioned this on the on the cast before, but one of the axes, the way that old Ad Nauseam Tendrils used to win is if their bottleneck wasn't mana, their bottleneck was storm count, then what they would do is, you know, they would be going off, they would Infernal Tutor for Infernal Tutor for Infernal Tutor for Infernal Tutor, get the storm spell and kill you, right? So th yeah. that's called a Tutor Chain kill, and that's where it just, it can arbitrarily inflate the storm based on the amount of mana that you have, and then, you know, dome your opponent with the Tendrils. Beseech does the, ex the same thing, in that if you uh, have spells, if, if you can bargain the copies, right? So like uh, an example that somebody was like, you can sort of go off like early. Like petals or something, yeah. Well, the thing is you can sack tokens. So like there, there was, uh, some people were talking about how you can sort of like go off a, a little bit early, not spending as many resources to just play and empty the warrants in the early okay. game. And then it, you can then use the goblin tokens as bargain fodder so that way you can do a beseech chain. And beseech is just going to be free storm equal to the number of beseeches so that you can bargain. And yeah. then you can go for a tendrils and kill that way. So, and that line doesn't use the graveyard. So it, there, there isn't a way to necessarily disrupt it but with that kind of disruption. And you don't have to be hellbent, which is, which is a risk. You don't have to be hellbent. The, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of upside to that, that space. The other side of that this opens up is it lets you cast the spell for free, which uh, the, big, the big get that I've seen for the storm list that I've seen that want to add this card is uh, Gaia's Will. Which is just the suspend oh, version yeah, of Yogmoth's will. That's Yogmoth's will. Yeah, yeah. So it's just Yogmoth's will. <laughs> it's suspend. It has suspend green for suspend four for green. Yeah, and that's not a playable card. You're not suspending that card. No. You will never play that card. But I don't, you don't play have to pay the each. If you don't have to pay the mana cost, then you can beseech it out of your deck for zero, which means that beseech bargained is effectively Yog will. Yeah, and the but uh, I, I think we have to d just double check me if I'm wrong that when the Beseech uh, tutors the card, it goes to exile, and then you can cast it if the uh, mana value is four or less. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't say cast it. You can cast it without paying its mana cost as mana value four or less. So when you cast it, my understanding is that the Beseech falls off the stack so that the Gaia's Will still sees it. Or does Gaia's Will not even care because it's just literally Yog Will? Either way. Yeah, the, no, I'm the, not the, positive, but it, it seems I, good I don't either think... way. I don't think it's a relevant line. You can I, I think it I, again, I guess. Yeah. I, I well, the the line, if if, it, if the way that it works is you beseech, you yog will your entire graveyard, which effectively means that you have now passed in flames for you know whatever you want, and then you just yeah. do that chain. It goes to the graveyard, and it can be yeah. disrupted that way. But at the same time, it just like does it all in one card. Like it condenses slots. The way that I've been thinking about beseech the mirror and like why, uh, you know, maybe I'll you know put the source of plowshares down for a second to pick up some LEDs, is. What Bese what I feel like Beseech does, and yeah, there's going to have to be some additional uh, alterations to the deck to ensure that you can bargain it, uh, um, that you can bargain it uh, reliably. But what I see Beseech doing is it's narrowing a bunch of slots in the deck down, similar to how like Thassa's Oracle fixed Cephalid Breakfast and Doomsday, right? It just took a bunch of slots that the deck otherwise needed, those decks otherwise needed in order to have a, a kill condition and condensed it down to, like, way fewer slots in their yeah. deck, and it's, so it's just a better card. So, like, for those who remember back in the day, Cephalid Breakfast had to play Angel of Glory's Rise, which is an unplayable angel that would re reanimate a zombie Lady of Scrolls and Lab Man. And yeah. so that's, like, a bunch of slots. So, like, it, it's still reanimated. It was the same package of, like, Narcomoebas and Dread Return, but it would bring back the angel, which would bring back those two things. Then you would tap to draw a card, and then in response to a removal spell, you could tap to draw a card again, so it beats a removal spell. Yeah. But, like, 
That's a lot of slots and then a lot of unplayable, uncastable cards in your deck. And Thassa's Oracle just is cheaper and condensed all those slots down to one card. Yep. And you can also cast it in the early game. And if it dies, it doesn't matter. You're just going to dread return it back anyway. So it, and, and it was a wizard that you can tutor for. But like, it condensed those slots down. And that's what I imagine Beseech the Mirror is going to do for a lot of the Storm decks. But like the Storm decks between old Ad Nauseam Tendrils may be getting a boon here, particularly because uh, Minus Desire was just unbanned. And then also Epic Storm, which has essentially become like this galvanic relay uh, list that's now also using Minus Desire sometimes instead of Ad Nauseam. They've just been retinkering with that deck because of the unban. Unbanned, and now they're yeah. going to have to retinker with it again because of Beseech the Mirror. Well, let me let me uh, throw throw two things out here. One, uh, Tony Scaponi is going to love this card. Yeah, like, Black Saga Storm is going to love just, this, man. It just made for Ooh, Black Saga Storm. Yeah, uh, so, wait, wait. Do you have do you have constructs that you just want to get rid of? You want to yeah. beseech the mirror to? Is it time oh, to? Yeah. yeah, it's time to get rid of the constructs. Next uh, is that uh, like this gets the one ring. Like you could be like some kind of a like Grixis control build uh, where you go get the one ring or or and you're casting the one ring. That's a cast, right? Yeah, Orcish Bowmasters didn't need to get any better, man. Yeah. Or, yeah, or you can go get your Orcish Bowmasters if that's what you need at the time. I mean, Bowmasters uh, makes the token at, that you can sack. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it like sorcery speed. That's, uh, yeah. that, you, you know, maybe you don't want to get Orcish Bowmasters unless you're just like, I need a value play. Um, also, like, four mana, like, the what's the other best four mana card in this set? It's in this set, in this uh, format is Miskinboo. If you're that kind of, if you're like a Jun deck, if you're Reed Duke, you're thinking about this card, man. You're thinking, you know what? I've got Ignoble Hierarch, right? I've got, uh, I, I, you know, I've probably got something so, something as a token to uh, sacrifice in some capacity. So bo bo Bowmaster is the token. I think that's the thing to jump yeah. through. You, you, that you is need, the like, yeah. But Bowmaster is free in this format. But, yeah. like, I, I don't think for Bowmaster alone is enough to no. uh, convert mm. your bargain. You need something else. Particularly but, if you're, look, if, if like, if you know, like, if, let's say you're playing your deck, right? You're playing eight cast and you know that they have Besieges and you have access to any kind of like, you know, an Odorara or something. You can position the game where you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go after the token. So they can't besiege me. Here's the thing though, Phil. Look, Diabolic uh, Tutor is not playable in, in Legacy. I 100% okay. agree with you. But a Diabolic Tutor that some percentage of the time does give you a free thing or, or more than more than some, like more often than not gives you the free thing mm -hmm. is, is playable. Like if you're in a situation as like a Jund player where you're like, Hmm, I do need a specific card, but I don't have the token. This is not the worst card to have in your hand. You know, like there are times when you top deck a thought sees and you're at two life or your opponent has nothing, no cards in hand. You know, there, there are cards in that deck that are, are not like the optimal card. But this is, if you can reliably cast it, this is whatever card you want it to be um, as, as just a bad tutor, you know, like, which is not nothing. Like, I, it, and, and to, to uh, qualify that statement, I would not play a four mana boomerang uh, if, if I had to. But because it also can, t can be a land in my deck, I play Odawara, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and more often than not, I'm bouncing stuff with Odawara. You know, I'm playing the quote-unquote worst part of that card uh, just because, like, I know that there's value there. So I don't think it's crazy to think that Besiege Samira might occasionally be cast uh, without without bargaining it. I don't think that's the optimal play by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it's going to happen occasionally. Um, but I say all that to say this. 
uh, if you can reliably sacrifice that token in a, in a deck, or even somewhat reliably sacrifice that token, being like, hmm, I guess I'll just tap three things and go and get a Miskin Boo and put it into play for free, you know, that seems pretty good. Like, I don't know. Here's the, for all you Jun sickos out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not one you, of those get, guys. We're focusing on the token because the token is the easiest thing to make in the worlds yeah. of Urza Saga and Orcish Bowmasters and whatnot. But like you maybe can get your oath, yeah. get your oath and this is on, man. Yeah. Or maybe get you've your... had enough of uh, your Sylvan library or you have two Sylvan libraries, you know, like the, all, all that, all that stuff is possible. Yeah, th- like th- there's the, the people who are still casting Baleful Strix, like yeah. there, there is, there is, nobody wants to point the removal spell at the Baleful Strix, but if you can bargain it and then convert it into something else, it's not bad. It's pretty yeah. good. Uh, you you know the, a space that I was uh, looking at this in something that's always in the back of my mind, not playable, but like Urza Thopter Sword in Legacy. Yeah, is always a space that I've that, like been Tesserator, like. You know, Tesserator is a deck that hasn't seen wide play for a while, but like this could this could be a thing. This the, 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 that deck or those kinds of decks always are filled with so much of that sort of like fluffy game piece making stuff yeah. in order to convert. But like, and it's if so you can hard get... to deal with. Like, how do you how did how does Miracles deal with Thopter Sword? It doesn't. You die. You well, die. Miracles doesn't deal. Miracles doesn't deal with anything. <laughs> but, the, but like in the, in, the, in that sort of space, when I was like trying to think of like what is the stuff outside of Storm that like would like this deck, where you're like, oh yeah, maybe Jund uses it and yeah. makes it a big value play as a way to tutor out of your deck when you want something in particular. Then I was like, yeah, if you have like Thopter and you just sack literally anything to make the token on their end step, and then you untap and beseech and then put Urza into play, like the game ends. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of sweet to be like, all right, I'm gonna threaten. Uh, making a token untap beseech kill you like that's kind of that's kind of hot yeah hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, let's talk about Twinning Twins. Uh, Twinning Twins is another adventure. Uh, This is a four-mana 4-4 with Flying Vigilance and Ward 1. Or uh, it's Swift Spiral is its adventure, which is one to white for an instant adventure. Uh, exile target non-token creature, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next instant. It's a flicker. It's. A, I think the important part of this is not just that it is a flicker. Like, it is a flicker with utility. It doesn't say y- that you control. So, like, you know, this can buy you a turn uh, if something's attacking you that's big. Uh, it just gets rid of, uh, what's it called? Uh, Merit Leech, you know? It doesn't. Non-token creature, my guy. Oh, no, non-token. Well, it, it, we got so, got. And so, that is why I don't think it's East Play. That's fair. Um, I, the only reason I, I... So there's going to be decks that want a flicker effect, but I don't know if it's going to be this... This I was saying maybe card. maybe there's a space where this uh, moves, you know, the, the initiative sickos into to blue. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that could do it. All right, that let's... Could do uh, it. Let's talk Bro, about... Bro, you, 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 you want to pour one out for uh, Queer and Dryad? Oh, man. Queer and Dryad. You, you, you we, done. We, we, hardly, we hardly knew ye. Hardly knew ye. Uh, so before we talk about uh, Queer and Dryad, we got to talk about Cruel Somnophage. 
Cruel Somnophage is a one in a black for a nightmare, and it has an adventure of one in a blue. It says target player mills four cards, and then its creature side is its power and toughness are equal to the number of creature cards in all graveyards. Now, it does not have the plus one like Tarmogoyf does. So if all of the creatures are removed from all graveyards, it just dies. Yeah. But I have seen people talking about maybe this is like a, another thick Tarmo-type uh, beater yeah. that you put into uh, Hogakian. Uh, lists of could be of in old. Death Shadow, you know, like could De- be in Death Shadow. De- Death Shadow thing. doesn't hate big creatures. The thing is that Death Shadow has a lot of spells and relies on individual big creatures as the, opposed to creatures in graveyards. So the sixty card version has a lot of spells, but the eighty card version does have a lot of creatures because you're trying to maximize that Yorion uh, synergy. Zach, you and your eighty card version. <laughs> I, here's here's my mind on eighty card versions of anything. Yeah, you can play whatever you want in the eighty card versions of anything. You got yeah. eighty cards. Just say it. Play whatever. Just, Just say play it. it all. We gotta. We gotta. You know. Look. Look. Someone's gotta use their scourge of the sky claves. Somebody. It's be me. Somebody that we don't it's know. It's gonna be needs me. Somebody <laughs> that is. I, I don't think Cool Somnophage is gonna get there. No, I think me that the, the the world that this is in, like, uh, it it is Death Shadow, but it wants a different. Yeah, like you, you, there isn't a land that's There's just going to put to jump a through. bunch. Yeah, of, it's, yeah. it's, but it's a way more difficult hoop that has a, a bigger deck building restriction uh, that doesn't have incidental spells that take advantage of it. If this shows up in some cool list like that, sure. I don't think this is going to be in any tiered list anywhere. Final, final, final thought. Uh, because it's a sorcery, uh, I think that I think that on top of that, it's like even lower in the in the category of playable. If this was an instant. Uh, Mill four, you could like you could screw up a, a doomsday or something like that. So unfortunately, I think this is just not not good enough. But you know, who knows? It could it, sometimes you just get to a point where you're like, I guess this can see play. Now we can talk about questing druid. Uh, questing right, dryad. Yeah, well, well, let's. We're gonna throw decadent dragon up on the screen real quick, just for you, Jun sickos. Don't play it though; it's too expensive. No. All right, questing druid, one in a green. <laughs> It has, it's a human druid. It has Seek the Beast as its adventure. It's an instant for one and a red. Exile the top two cards of your library until your next turn, until your next end step. You can play those cards. And then it has Queer and Dryad's text on its front side. It's one, one for one and a green. Queer and Dryad's text. Now, is Power Creep a problem? Uh, so here's <laughs> the thing. Uh, so, and, and we've, we've said this a million times with, with cards like this. The, the cheaper side has to be playable. Well, in this scenario, both sides of this card are playable, but do we want to play them? Now, it is an instant speed draw two, right? Like, if you, know, you can the, the, if you can make this like do this on your opponent's turn, uh, you have your whole next turn to make these cards work. The the area that I I always uh, fall back on where they're like, yeah, red is impulsive, and they're chaotic, and they're passionate. And their card draw needs to reflect those those <laughs> qualities, and then red just gets better card draw than blue. Like yeah. like they're like you know the the game is fast enough that they're like yeah yeah you can only use it until your next end step, but it's an instant. And so the downside to all of the effects that you're like yeah you can use it, but only until your next turn. It's like well you know I mean if I can play any card off the top at instant speed, that means that if I catch a force or whatever, I can still pitch cast it from exile and then play the follow up on the whatever. So it's like no, so this is just better card draw than blue gets right like. <laughs> When yeah. they're like, yeah, no, 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 it's red's temporary. It's temporary, Phil, okay? And temporary means it's better because the games only last so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and, and I, I honestly, I don't think that Questing Dryad uh, saw play outside of 
you know, standard in like 2012 and the Delver decks that were playing green as well. So no, I, 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 I do think though that like in, in, in the, uh, the Jundian world, like between this and the next card that we'll talk about in Moss Dread, uh, Mosswood Dread Knight, yeah. like the grinding power of incidental two drops that are being given to the, the Jund guys in this set is really deep. Like, yeah, they, they're, they're all modal. They all have really relevant effects that are, that are grindy as shit. Yep. Uh, and they all have like good stats. Like I get that, you know, questing Druid, you know, you, you having to put some time and effort to pump the counters on it, but like, it's not hard in legacy to, to churn through if, especially if they're yeah. giving you two mana draw twos. Yeah. Before we talk about, uh, Mosswood Dryad, uh, Mar sorry, Mosswood Dread Knight. Uh, let's talk about Scalding Viper, which I had lower on the list, but is, is still here. Uh, that is another adventure. That's a, uh, two mana, two, one that says whenever an opponent casts a spell with mana value three or less, Scalding Viper deals one damage to that player. And then it also has Steam Clean, which is a sorcery, return non-land, uh, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Um, so va I don't is think it this vapor, is... vapor Snag? That's not, yeah, I, that's not the card. It's a, it's a, it's a two mana Void Snare. Yeah, void uh, snare. I, there, that's the card. I, I, I don't think this is play a because it's a sorcery speed, but because brazen borrower exists in the same kind of decks that yeah. we want this, and that's just a better card. Well, yeah, and on top of that, so yeah, brazen borrower exists, and uh, for for the people that want to do that, and then uh, Eidolon of the Great Revel exists for the people that want to do that, right? Like Th this is a softer version of both of those cards, yeah. and that's where it's like, hey, you get a little bit of both, but it, this is doing it worse than both enough, and you can't play X ones yeah. in the Bowmaster format. Exactly. All right, let, now let's talk about Mosswood Dread Knight. Mosswood Dread Knight, one in a green, human knight. It's uh, got a sorcery adventure called Dread Whispers, which is one in a black. Draw a card and lose a life. And then its creature side is a 3-2 with trample that says when, when it dies, you may cast it from your graveyard as an adventure until the end of your next turn. So This is pure grind. It's all grind. Both of those, both of these green two drops that have two mana sorceries are all grind cards. Both of them... In this, these are the it's in Jun two colors. mana spells, not two mana sorceries. That's There's what I mean. Two, yeah. yeah, two two mana spells, but both of those spells are grindy. Yeah, and then both creatures are thick uh, stuff that like is happy to trade for anything that you'd want. Three, a three two for two is not terrible. Like well, it's that's, a three two for yeah. two. It's a three that two trampler. Up. Yeah, it's a oh, three yeah. two trampler. Tra trample matters trample in a world where, yeah. where, where, where where planeswalkers and incidental damage, especially if you're in a Jun deck that's like nickel and diming off of like bolts and Kologons command and stuff yeah. like that. That stuff definitely matters. And this being able to like stand in the way, like okay, let's say we're playing against Death Shadow, right? The fact that this can just be a uh, like if if you have the mana to go, this is just chumping and trading. I mean, not uh, not trading, but chumping and blocking at at, at value. Like it's really good. I mean. Yeah. If there was a world where you could like where, where Jund was going to get the nod to be like a more viable competitive competitive legacy deck, this is the set that's bringing yeah, it this in. This is man. the set, yeah. Like, th like these are these are efficient, uh, good beaters on two drops that have solid effects that are both grindy. Which means that okay, if if I don't need the beaters and I need to go more controlling, I'm just going to grind you down. Yeah. But if I need to get aggressive, these can these can do it and get big real quick. Well, I mean, we'll have to keep watching 90s MTG uh, to uh, see how Reed Duke uh, changes his deck with the set. Yeah, one one Reedum Duke is, uh, he's been crushing with Jund. And yeah. uh, I mean, if he can, but between these two creatures, I don't know if you would, I mean, Questing Druid, we'll have to see because the adventure is yeah. better. 
but the body is worse. Where Moss Red Knight, you know, we'll have to, to see. And nothing's taking over Bowmaster slot. No. So, but like, there's not really any good one drops, right? So like, if your one drops are just going to be in your uh, disruption space of like thought season and removal. But one thing is like when Moshwood Dread Knight dies, so like you can maybe open up some space for Cabal Therapy mm-hmm. and Questing Druid wants more spells in your deck. Moshwood Dread Knight lets you flash back your Cabal Therapy at value because then you can recast it for its adventure. Like there's there's some play. There's, there's a lot of play there. with stuff that that, yeah. that that the deck already is is interested in being in. And I mean, I think that like the, the, the biggest gainer from these top cards so far has been the Jun deck that doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about Werefox Bodyguard. You said Werewolf Bodyguard before. It's a Werefox. Wow. It's a huge werefox. difference. Wow. I'm Elf, an idiot. I Elf said Werefox. Uh, Fox Knight. That's uh, why I was looking in red when, I, when we were looking for this card. Dude, I'm such an idiot. I said Werewolf instead I of Werefox. I would have known, known Werefox Bodyguard Bro, is obviously a white like, card. I uh, can't believe, like, I, 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 only me would think and say werewolf instead of werefox. I'm a total yep. clown. I, I just wanted to point out this card that the, the this card's one in white, one white, white for an elf fox knight. It's a flash 2 2, and it has uh, fiend artisan's text, and then it has the additional uh, benefit of one in a white to sacrifice it to gain two life. Now, I just wanted to point this card out because this is a flash fiend artisan, but the bar is skyclave apparition. So as yep. long as this thing doesn't remove permanence the way that skyclave does, skyclave will always get the nod. And Skyclave is the bar. So, like, yeah. this coming out and being, like, the best version of this effect to get rid of creatures, um, because it has Flash and it can it is recruitable, uh, it just points out that Skyclave is the bar. I don't think that's yeah. news, but it's the, the, if they ever print cards like this in the future that get it progressively better, nothing will be better than Skyclave because Skyclave permanently gets rid of permanence. All right, so the next card is, uh, that I've put down is... Extraordinary Journey that is XX Blue Blue for an enchantment that reads, when this enters the battlefield, exile up to X target creatures for each of those cards. Its owner may play it for as long as it remains exiled whenever one or more non-token creatures enters the battlefield. If one or more of them entered the battle, entered from exile or was cast from exile, you draw a card. This ability only triggers once each turn. I, I want them to come up with a, a keyword for this ability triggers only once each turn. Just it's like, called, like it's white. Just 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 <laughs> say solo white. or something, yeah. or, or you know, like yeah. they, they they use those words and they have to. They, there's got to be a way to condense limited. that down to just keyword it. Yeah, <laughs> Li- yeah, yeah. Limited solo Which one is time. A different and limited um, means something different in uh in, in magic. So I I, I had that too uh, expensive. This is not, too expensive. This is not entreat the angels or terminus, but the, there is value here, and I don't think it'll see play. It's it's just like one X uh, off of the playable design of the format. Like it, it's, it's no no, no. Like, this this is not playable. Even it, th- this could have been blue blue X. This could have been blue X. It's still not well, good enough because you need to what, have a board already. Well, here's what I'm thinking: is if you do this and you're playing like Lavinia, uh, that's interesting, right? Uh, because then you can just stop your opponent from bringing those creatures back ever. Um. But yeah, like I said, assuming, that, is, assuming they cute. don't have, it's a little cute. No, because you can you, you can cast you, you may play them for as long as they may exile. They still have to pay the mana for them. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, this card and also Lavinia is Lavinia's non-creatures. Yeah, this is better for that reason and worse for every other reason. So, uh, moving on to Regal Bunnycorn. Regal Bunnycorn is. Are we a, though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Regal Bunnycorn is a uh, two mana. That's one in a white for a XX. 
uh, where x is equal to the power and t- uh, sorry, the equal to the number of non-land permanents you control. I mentioned this specifically because eight cast is not like does have a lot of non-land permanents in play at times. This yeah, you is definitely like another want a construct. This is like you another totally, construct, right? Yeah, you you absolutely want <laughs> another. You want a Tarmogoyf that doesn't work with affinity? Card, that doesn't cast. Yeah, once you once you're at eighty <laughs> cast, yeah. Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic the Gathering deck building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to Legacy and even fan supported formats like pre modern and old school. You can see all of our decks on our Moxfield. Follow the links below to stay tuned. Yeah, four X Regal Bunny Corn in your eighty cast deck. Dude, let's pour one out for ingenious prodigy. Blue X O one skulk. When it enters the bat, it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters. And then, at the beginning of your upkeep, you can remove one of those counters to draw a card. Oh my god, dude! My twenty thirteen t- senses are tingling. I would have loved this card. Yeah. All right. Uh, Elvish archivist. Elvish archivist is uh, two mana for an O one. That's uh, one of the green for an elf artificer. Whenever one or more artifacts enters the battlefield under your control, put up put two plus one plus one counters on it. This ability triggers only once each turn. Whenever one or more enchantments enter the battlefield, uh, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Uh, again, I kind of just like mentioned this because like, hey, like whoa, 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 Zach, come on, <laughs> you, you, you are you're like yo regal bunny corn in your eighty cast deck, but you're not talking about elvish archivist in your eighty cast deck. I am. It literally says just continuing my thoughts here on eighty ca- card five color eight cast. It's not good enough for re for for enchantress. Or eight cast, though, because once per turn. Yeah, but like every, it, as though your saga didn't do enough, this would draw a card when your saga ETBs. Oh my god, it would be so good! Like imagine, imagine your saga hits the board and you cast a zero mana artifact and you draw a card and you put two plus one plus one counters on this guy. Bro, it's just, you're living in Christmas land. You, you, you just you had all of those things that your deck otherwise would want, and then you paid yeah. two mana for this two three. Sick, yeah. so good. Uh, All right, well, a quick, quickly, let's talk about Godric, Cloaked yeah, Reveler. Yeah, let's talk about Godric. It's one red red for a 3-3. Three, three. It's a legendary human noble. It has haste, and it has celebration, which is as long as two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn, it becomes a dragon with haste and power and toughness 4-4 four, four, and flying with fire breathing that pumps up all your dragons. Now, uh, we had to clarify, Zach, Zach, you know, solved my problem of being an idiot clown. When I said, if it becomes a dragon with 4-4 flying and fire breathing. It doesn't say that the dragon has haste, but it doesn't say that it loses all other abilities. It says it loses all other creature types. So So we still have haste. So the the effect of the reason, I don't think that this is necessarily good enough, but I'm not off of it as a potential player because in a world of Teferi Time Raveler, we have to start getting used to looking at haste as better than flash. Yeah. Haste is just better than Flash in the world of Planeswalkers that get immediate value and Teferi locking down the stack. Well, so, so this this with any land, when this when you play your third land and then you play this, it's a four four with haste and flying. Yeah. That is that is that is like that means that it's just Boo hitting the board a turn early that can snipe a planeswalker, snipe something else. Yes, your opponents can bounce this thing with Caracas, but because it has haste, if you just time it where like, okay, you attack, untap, play it. Then they. Well, like, we're talking about this Jun deck that doesn't exist, right? Fetchlands set this guy off. Well, Fetchland set this guy off as the Fetchland by itself every turn, but yeah. like a land in general plus this will turn plus it this, into the yeah, haste. Yeah. 
you know. I'm saying like, like in subsequent turns, like just you're like, and I'll play uh, fetch land. I'll go get a land. Boom, he's a four four again. Hit you in the air. You know, as like, more easy to as keep more going. As more decks adopt the one ring, just being able to chunk people for damage to like pressure that side of the ring yeah. is also important. Like Assuming I think they didn't play it last turn. Yeah, yeah, no, no I, I, I get that. Like, but the thing is, like, if you, yes, you have to take a turn off for like other setup or whatever that they have to then spend maybe resources uh, dealing with, and then you just get to hit them here. I, I was just saying that like Godric has enough going on in the world of Teferi, and Teferi being the best part or, or a four of in the premier control deck in the format at the moment makes me think that like you know how all of the Delver decks always have like that three drop in their sideboard for the matchups that go a little bit longer. Usually it's yeah. like the, the hex or whatever true name like, or, yeah. tr- or true name or whatever that is. This feels like it's pretty hot in that space, yeah. right? Because it's very aggressive and it's not difficult to turn on the, the celebration part of the mode. And at, at a baseline, if it's a three, three on three, it's a, if you cast it for three mana on turn three, it's a four, four with haste. Every turn after that, any land drop, any creature, uh, like, Plus, uh, like any land plus anything else, whether that's Bob or whatever, it just cares about uh, something hitting the table. It can even be tokens, like your Bowmasters turns this on for free. Yep. Right? Like, there, there's enough ways to continue making this a 4 4 with haste and get it on the table. And, like, having a big Dargan in, in the air is not, not bad. Like, yeah. of all the cards that we've talked about so far, like, I'm sort of hot on this one uh, for actually having a home by solving a role that some decks need. It's funny. I'd be more interested in this card if it was two in a red instead of one in two red. But because it would fit oh, into sure, like course. fit into like the st- you know stompy style deck. No, 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 uh, no, no. But, Zach, but, Zach, you stop it. You stop that. You stop that. <laughs> this is them recognizing that they have to stop single pipping shit yeah, because ancient tomb is busted. Well, I agree. Uh, it's funny because there is that dichotomy there because it does pump itself, and you want the red mana to pump itself. So it's like you know it doesn't belong in one of those decks anyhow. But like exactly. anytime I see a three drop, the first thing I'm thinking is like, can I get this out with ancient tomb? Let us let us pray <laughs> that that Watsi <laughs> continues to double pip their spells. Yes, uh, hard hard disagree uh, as as a guy who likes to play his uh, ancient tunes, but uh, I, I I get where you're going. Uh, so let's talk about Farsight Ritual. Farsight Ritual is another four mana bargain spell. It's a two and two blue. Uh, look at the top four cards. This is an instant. Look at the top four cards of your library. If this spell was bargain, look at the top eight cards of your library instead. Put two of them into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library in any order. I only say that all that to say this. If bargained, this is pretty close to a, D, uh, a dig through time. Um, but it, 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 four mana is a, is a lot of mana. Four mana is too much mana. Because to not cast you, up for free, right? <laughs> to just not cast... Like, this would be great if it would cast up for free. I, I, when I was thinking about, okay, yeah, they're clearly doing a not to dig through time. Uh, and if they really wanted to, like, make this playable in the space of, okay, if you bargain, you get a huge boon, is uh, looking at four, eight, six, whatever number that they're going to look at. But if they if bargain gave a discount, if bargain was like, the spell costs two less if you bargain, Or if you got, like, through time, three cards talking. instead of two. If you were dig- digging through overtime, you know, like the Dovin Bond... Uh, uh, yeah. like thing if you're getting like uh, like uh, one additional card out of this for bargaining which makes sense because you're getting rid of something you know mm-hmm. would have would have been like better um even if there was if there was some middle ground where there it was like one blue blue and if at one blue blue you just impulsed but at yeah. uh one blue blue bargained you dug through time like okay maybe that's like a playable yeah. uh, playably interesting 
but at this rate, it's too steep. Yeah. Uh, Sleep Cursed Fairy. Uh, this is the one mana 3-3 three, three with flying. Ward 2, uh, Fairy Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, it uh, enters tapped with three stun counters on it, and then you can pay one in the blue to untap Sleep Cursed Fairy. Do you want to explain stun counters to our yeah, so if, uh, uh, loyal I, listeners? I, hey, man, I have a Watcher in the Water deck, so I would love to explain stun counters to people. So stun counters, instead of untapping a creature that has stun counters on it, you remove a stun counter instead. So if you were to pay the mana to untap this, you would instead just remove a stun counter. So uh, let's talk about what the play pattern looks like with this card. Uh, turn one, you play, it's tapped, so it's not blocking, right? Turn two, you un you untap, so you just remove a stun counter, it's still tapped. Right? And uh, it has two stun counters on it. So, oh no. So, like, now if you're leaving mana open, turn three. Uh, if you're leaving mana open, you try to untap this again. And on turn three, uh, it actually does untap, right? Because that's turn one, you play it. Turn two, you lost one. So that's the first counter. Second counter, you untap. So it would lose its third counter on, on, on the next turn on turn three. So it would still not be untapped. Now this is not a Delver card, right? Like that's that's what we're thinking when we see a one mana blue flying three three. The thing that's interesting about this card, and I think that Phil, you did a good job of pointing this out to me, is that it has Ward 2, and Ward 2's not nothing. You know, Ward, Ward two, 2 is, is a lot. Ward 2 is hard to deal with. It's a real like Ward 1 is like kind of like, oh whatever, like I had to pay the extra one. You 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 stink. Ward 2 is like it's basically like asking for an extra card from hand. Uh, I, I want asking people who, for two, basically two extra turns of setup. Dude, people who have played, who, people who play removal spells, think about what it's like to have to kill an Esper Sentinel, right? Where you're like, I really need to pay this additional mana so they don't draw a card, right? That's Ward One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, imagine that, I, like, it, it, this This is similar, like, you know, I mean, the, the closest analogy that we have is Patchwork Automaton that literally has Ward 2. Yeah. Um, that's going to hit way harder, but it's in an Ancient Tomb and only Ancient Tomb deck. Yeah. But the, I think Sleep Curse Fairy is in a nice space for something that's a little bit bigger than Delver that wants to play a little bit more interactive and a little less, and, and fewer threats. Well, you and know what, what I mean you don't want to do is play this in 80-card Death Shadow and then uh, Yuri on it. Yeah, don't Yorion on this card unless you <laughs> unless, unless you're doing counter shenanigans yeah. or do do yeah. you you're playing you, Yorion. do yeah, whatever you're you want. Crazy person. Uh, I think that like Sleep Curse Fairy is a nice way to like have a thick, uh, like a uh, relatively resilient beater that's already flying mm -hmm. that gets in under your interaction points. So the, the I think the value that that is here is it being a mana sink is a nice way to not port yourself when you're playing interaction mm -hmm. so if let's say you were playing something that's slightly bigger than delver and you're like i can either uh deploy another threat or i can hold up removal well it's like if you hold up removal and then they they don't they don't take a line that you thought that they would where that removal then lines up with something else you can sync this to get a counter off and that investment of otherwise unspent mana is not the worst yeah. right like you committed to a line but if they, if your opponent didn't go into the play pattern that you were concerned about, that made you hold up mana in the first place, then still getting to utilize that mana into something like this that then will give you a pretty reasonable payoff, like a good way to think about the spell. I was just saying, it's, it's it's on the same level as casting Beseech the Mirror when you have nothing else to do uh, as a diabolic. Uh, 
you know it's incidental right yeah, yeah the cost of like, un- it's fine i have to do it yeah if if, if the airline is is going to fly people in the sky with an empty seat they can just give it they should just give it to somebody for for free that seat is going to be empty regardless yeah for for sleep curse ferry i i think that there's this is like imagine if it said suspend 3 for a blue mana yeah right except it's on the board so uh like you can remove suspend counters from it uh if you have excess mana or people can remove it if they want to spend time doing it before you can untap. But what I like about this card is that let's say you do get it down on one, right? The pending threat of how they would then have to navigate when it becomes untapped, like they have to, like, if if you're playing a Planeswalker, right? Well, do I want to tick down my Planeswalker now knowing that the Sleep Curse Fairy is going to untap and then attack it? Do I have a removal spell for it? If so, I'm going to need a removal spell that doesn't get countered by Ward 2. Like, the, I, I think that this is not the Delver card, but I think that there is space for this card to be playable in spots where it would be desirable because it's cheap. Yeah. You know, and, and because the, trading with, with spot removal, it's always going to trade up and trade up significantly. Let's just hope our opponents don't twinning twins uh, it, it, and uh, blink it out and then make it come back into play. No, that's great because then they're playing <laughs> twinning twins in their deck. This is true. And then they followed up by casting twinning twins and you're like, Oh, it's got ward one. <laughs> I'm so happy if they're casting twinning twins against me. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the old spellbook vendor. Spellbook vendor is a uh, one in a white for a human peasant vigilance two two. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay one. When you do, create a sorcerer roll attached to target creature you control. Uh, sorcerer roll uh, says that whenever this creature attacks, uh, scry one and it gets plus one plus one. So this at the baseline, this is a two mana three three with vigilance. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, it would be, a th- well, the, the next turn it would be because it's at the beginning of combat. So like, yeah, so ha- you play this on your turn, main phase one, and then you combat. hit somebody with yeah. But, well, if you have no other creature, then you just attach the sorcerer roll to it. So it's a two mana three three vigilance. But you have to pay the one. Oh, you have to pay. Oh, yeah. it's managated. It is managated. Let us pray. <laughs> That Watsy managates <laughs> more shit. But Watsy, we love managate. Praise be, brother. Praise, praise be. Praise, praise be, be Watsy <laughs> for double pipping and managating. <laughs> I should just start. You're like, let us pray. And be like, brother Phil, please tell us what's going on. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, uh... <laughs> just Watsy making good choices to, yeah. to not just. Bust things wide open. Yep. Uh, Lord Skitter's Blessing. My guy just skipping over Hornlock Whale. Hornlock wow. Whale. All right. Hornlock wow. Whale. Just Hornlock Whale. skipping over. Hornlock Whale is a six-mana creature with Flash and Ward 2. <laughs> and it says when this enters the battlefield, ta- uh, enters the battlefield tapped unless it's your turn. And then uh, its adventure is a uh, La- Lagoon Breach. Owner of target attacking creature you don't control puts it on top or the bottom of his library. You're joking about this, right? This is a joke. <laughs> Was it funny though? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're skipping right over Lord Skitter too and going right to his blessing. Uh, Lord Skitter's blessing is a uh, one in a black enchantment that says when it enters the battlefield, create a wicked token roll attached to any cr- uh, target creature you control. Uh, wicked is. If the creature dies, if the creature would be put in the graveyard, uh, each opponent loses one life. It gets plus one, plus one. And then uh, at the beginning of your uh, draw step, 
if you control an enchanted creature, you lose a life and you draw an additional card. So it's kind of like a two mana uh, Phyrexian arena. Yes. Which, Assuming you have a creature. I, I, I just like this as like uh, another, you know, just another like consideration for a deck that a deck like um, uh, what's it called eight cast where or eight cast uh, death shadow where like I I want to lose life. I'm looking for I'm looking for payoffs to lose life in death shadow because only having four death shadow in the in the sixty card deck or the eighty card deck, I feel like I just need I need something else, Phil. I need I need like two more cards in the deck that pay me off for doing all this work and losing all this life, and I'm just not seeing it right now, and it's driving me nuts. And this card is close. It's interesting, but I'm not getting paid to lose life. I'm just losing life to do a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you want... Uh, I want another Death, Death Shadow. Five through eight. Yeah. yeah. I, like, that's why I'm this... messing around with Scourge of the Skyclave. Like, this card ain't good, but it might yeah. be, like, playable. Like I said, this is, a, this is the reason why I'm looking at it, because the 80-card version of the deck... You definitely need more than more than four payoffs. Like it's just like with eighty card version of the deck, you want to play six pitchable force of will cards because like you just you just need to for consistency's sake. And I think that's the case with the eighty card version of the deck too. Um, enough of enough with the eighty card shenanigans. We'll talk about the next card, which is the end. Yeah, I just want to point out that I appreciate <laughs> you wanting copies five through eight of Death Shadow and Lord Skitter's Blessing. It is not it. No, it is not. It is not. Uh, so let's talk about the end. Uh, this is the card that might actually be that card, right? Uh, so this is a instant for two and two black, and it says this spell costs two less if your life total is five or less. What's that? What was that called in Innistrad? Uh, Fateful hour. Fateful hour. Fateful hour. Yeah. It has Fateful hour, right? Uh, Fateful hour, not Fateful hour. Uh, exile target creature, planeswalker, search. It's opponent's graveyard, hand, and library for any number of the card with the same name of the permanent exile those uh, shuffle, and then they draw a card equal to each exiled card from their hand this way. Um, so, you, the, I, I, I'm going to jump in and say I don't think it's playable because the floor is so bad. The floor is terrible on this card, but we're getting like in a card with, is only as good as its floor, dude. With the lens of what I yeah, that's not true. Look at Death Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! It no, dies. Dude. No. <laughs> Turn one no, dash I lose. No, um, dude, the, the, the floor is it, it compels you to play good cards. Yes. Uh so uh the the end is is interesting in that it's a design space that I want them to work in, but they're not working in it. Uh, what did I actually say about this card? Is that I said, is this that payoff? Literally from the from the previous thing that I said it was like Death Shadow, but it needs but I need to know why I'm playing this and losing life. Uh, yeah, so I, I just, I just mentioned it because, like, we're seeing design space that, like, pays you to lose life, but it's not paying you enough. Um, all right, so the next, the next card is, where are we at here? Spiteful Hexmage. When Spiteful Hexmage enters the battlefield, create a cursed, to uh, roll token and put it on target creature you control. It is a one this mana three two human warlock. Yeah, so if it's the only creature that you can attach the sorcery to, the, or the roll to, then it uh, it becomes a base power and uh, toughness 1-1. One, one. So it's a 1-mana one 1-1. One, one. But I think that this card is actually hotter than we think because of the incidental value that it gives you for making another game object. Like, these game objects that yeah. want to be bargained, bargain is really yeah. hot. 
So like the the idea that if you are on the beseech side and you wanted to play the you know more aggressive beseech stuff that's not combo between this and bowmasters now you have eight creatures in your deck that are actually giving you something to bargain yeah and that's that th there is value in that particularly because spiteful hex mage i get is a one you want to play it on one and if you do it's just a one one and that sucks but if you're playing any number of the the bargain stuff to remove it or then it becomes a three two i mean also a three two on the ground isn't going to be you know uh changing paradigms that all that much yeah. but the, the the other side is that like you can if you're putting the the roll token on you control onto a creature that doesn't matter, again, Bowmasters doesn't need to get better. But like, if you put your base power and toughness one one on either the orc or the uh, Bowmaster, on the army or the Bowmaster rather, army the, just the, gets the, better. The, the, the <laughs> army, the army, the, yeah, the A army is just get, getting a pump. Yeah, and then and then the Bowmaster doesn't matter because the ability is what you care yeah, about. The one one is there, the so. one one is a one one. Yeah. So like if there's if there's that world of like you know what you were talking about of like the Jundian style thing that just needs some number of bargain payoffs you know having an, a little aggressive one drop on the on the down low is pretty good, um, so I mean yeah. I don't think this will still play because I don't think a three two is a good enough payoff even for a single mana but it's I, I think that the the most appealing part of the card is actually the game object that it yeah. it produces. All right, well let's yeah the most appealing part of the card is actually the negative part of the card. It's wild. Um... Gadwick's first duel. This is a saga uh, for two mana, and its first one is create a curse roll and attach that up to up to one target creature, so it can be to anybody. Then it's scry two for its second chapter. Then the third chapter is you may cast your next instant or sorcery spell with mana th value three or less uh, this turn. Copy that spell, and then you can choose new targets for the uh, copy. So this is a uh, a way to get rid of a creature, a way to to like streamline your draws, and it, it's it it's a doubling effect. I want to point out it doesn't get rid of the creature. It makes the creature base power and toughness one one. And if the creature that you're trying to get rid of, if you care about the ability, it does not yeah, solve that problem. This is true. I mean, it is it, it is uh, it, it is removal if if you're getting rid of a tarm like a tarm wave or something. Yes, if you're getting rid of something that is, <laughs> I guess your opponent is, is not the thing you want to get rid of because that would just give it one a plus one power, but. You get what I'm saying. Yes, if you wanted to put it on your opponent's uh, Troll of Casa Doom or their Death Shadow or their Grizzle uh, Brand or their Grizzle Brand, then you know, and assuming that you're not dead, but you're yeah. definitely dead if they have a Grizzle Brand in play. <laughs> it's not uh, great. Then uh, to 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 the end of Gadwick's first duel. Um, if if the flavor text, if if the flavor of this card is telling me anything about what happened in Gadwick's, Gadwick's first duel is that he lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can only tell by the art, but it looks like he might have turned into a chicken. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's unfortunate all around yeah, for him, yeah. It's not, it's not great. Um, anyhow, the next card we want to talk about is Up the Beanstalk. This is a card I'm really interested in. Uh, Up the Beanstalk is a two-mana enchantment that uh, reads... When Up the Beanstalk enters the battlefield, and whenever you cast a spell of five of value, uh, mana value five or greater, draw a card. So it's giving you immediate value for it's trading. It's just two mana draw a card, right? And then it's a game object that is an enchantment, so it can be bargained. But uh, force of will. Uh, what are some other great like? You know, like there are so many great uh, five plus mana spells that we're casting for free. Fury. Um, what else, Phil? 
Uh, all of the five drop spells that exist in the format, which is pretty much all of the pitch spells and terminus. Uh, yeah, terminus. Card, you could put this terminus. In, yeah, th- th- this card is obviously very good with exactly those types of things. Assuming that grinding is what matters. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of matchups where grinding matters. I'll say. Uh, I, I like this card. I'm definitely going to own four copies of this card. I'm going to experiment with this card because it says draw a card, and that's what I like to do. But I will also point out my grudge. Oh, the grudge. I have a grudge. grudge if I could up. chop the beans, if I could, if I could chop the beanstalk down, I would, Zach. Okay. Do you, and you know why? Because you hate giants. W- Watsi did so so many good things <laughs> as we've as we've prayed to on this cast. They've double pipped many of their spells. They've mitigated many of their spells. These are good checks and balances, Zach. Yeah. But when a card just incidentally can trips for free, I think to myself, "Did you just do you believe in this design, or do you not?" <laughs> because if this design were playable and that you wanted to make it good, then why are you let me replace itself for free? That makes me think you're lazy. Make this a one mana spell that doesn't cantrip, and now we're talking. Okay. My, it, it just I I I feel like obviously this card is good, but it is good, like the 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 ability if it, of cantripping for five mana spells because we already do a lot of that for these free pitch spells is good, right? So sure. That effect is good, mm-hmm. but for some reason this cantripping itself, even though I'm going to play it and enjoy it, and that's great, it also irks me because I go okay, anytime something just Incidentally, for free cantrips itself, it means that the card didn't cost you anything other than the mana. And if the mana is not the thing that we specifically care about exactly, and that's going to determine the game, then the opportunity, like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, it does, like I, I want to be excited about the card, but at the same time, I just go, it's just more air. When I like, see this card, just I free think, air. yes, I would spell snare this card. Do you know what the opportunity cost of this card is? Not. It's not. There isn't, because of cantrips. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but it, it, it cantrips in a way that isn't like baleful, like it's baleful Strixian in, in, in some way, but like the one, one well, that maybe trades isn't a card advantage engine. Yeah. Whereas like this one is, yeah. but it, it, it I don't know. Well, it just so feels like what I love about this card is that earn it. What I love about this card is that it's good at multiples. You know, right? You well, cast the second the, one, and the next time you you force of will something, you draw two cards. You, you know you what? You know what this card is very, off of force of will. You know what this looks like? It, it what this is similar to? Imagine if this was single green, and it had the effect of cantripping on uh, five or CMC greater, but didn't cantrip itself, but then had cycling too. Okay, that's what this card is. No, but the, like I wouldn't want to play. But they stack, yeah. so it's better. Yeah. Yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but like you, you see, you see where I'm yeah, going, yeah, yeah. right? Like, like when 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 something has cycling and it's otherwise an incidentally free effect, yeah. you're like, oh, it's free because it has cycling. I can just cycle it. It's free. I can mm-hmm. just it's free. I I, I I don't get me wrong. I'm very excited for Up the Beanstalk. It's definitely a playable. You yeah. should 100 percent have four copies if you ever play any yeah. type of grindy grindy thing. Like besides Beseech the Mirror, like this is the only one that I'm like this is a slam dunk as like a playable card that doesn't need any additional hoops to jump through beyond putting it in your deck. Um, but like the, the design feels very uninspired yeah. to me. Well, let's talk about another card that, uh, that, uh, it, you know, might see play hearth elemental, uh, is a five and a red for a creature elemental four five. And it says the spell costs X less to cast where X is the number of cards in your graveyard that have 
instant sorcery or adventure. Uh, and then its adventure is Stoke Genius, not Stroke Genius, Stoke Genius. Uh, it's a sorcery for one red that says discard your hand and draw two cards. Yeah, I was I, I was texting you and Nate about this, thinking that like maybe there's a world where this is like a, another spell that's another creature payoff for your uh, for your Phoenix deck, arc, for your yeah. arc like Phoenix deck, uh, your blue red arc like deck. But I think you know this is also just probably too cute and not strong enough because the four five, uh, yes, it can or the four five coming down for one mana is great. But a, if we've learned enough a one mana four or five is not good enough as are the days of Gurmag angler are well behind us yeah uh all right let's go up to uh what we got to talk just real quick you're the infect guy royal treatment exists that's what i'm saying let's go to royal treatment bro 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 we gotta talk about royal treatment let's talk about royal treatment zach we gotta talk zach were you going to talk, talk about, about royal treatment? I've been, I've been waiting all day, all day to talk about royal treatment. Zach's been waiting all day all to day. talk about royal all day to talk about royal treatment. He, we got a thousand we subscribers, about- and he, he was like, "I want to talk about a thousand subscribers, and I want to talk about royal treatment." <laughs> uh, yeah, no, royal treatment is interesting. So it's a it's a blue. Sorry, it's a green instant for one green. It says target creature gains hexproof until end of turn. Create a royal. Roll token, uh, royal uh, roll is plus one, plus one, and ward one. Uh, so that's interesting. I have, man, every time, like, in like, they put an infect card out that I'm like, this would be good. Uh, infect's in such a terrible place right now. Um, Bowmasters is a, it, it, I, I thought Bowmasters wasn't going to be a problem for infect, but the more I think about it, the harder it is to glean advantage and use your tools that that deck has, you know, like ponder and brainstorm to really figure out a good way to get around bow, uh, bowmasters. Bowmaster shoots all of your cards. It sneaks in and gets everything. And yeah, of course, like, sure. It's great that this could like, you know, one mana to two mana, uh, hex proof and plus one plus one and ward. So it like, you know, builds itself up a little bit, but like, I don't know. I just don't think the deck the deck does enough right now. Uh, you know, I do like that like uh, Venerable Rot Priest is a one two, so uh, uh, that's cool. And that, that like builds, you know, giving that ward is is wonderful. Uh, but I I just don't I just don't see it. Uh, I just don't see in fact being being like a contender anymore. I think what we need we need to see be, live in a situation we're almost there right where uh, people are prioritizing storm decks which is why I started playing Infect in the first place. I was like, uh, people are on combo or on de- like Deathrite Shaman decks. This is when I started playing uh, Infect. I was like, and I can't play Rug Delver because you know what sucks? Tarmogoyf in a meta that is either too slow for or just gets instantly blocked or eaten up. The graveyard gets eaten up and it's just not, a you're, you're just in a bad spot. So uh, Infect gave me a chance to still play that like tempo-y game uh, where I could stop the combo decks and I had like a speed kill win, but I could also berserk over top of these these creatures that were that, that were trying to chump me and whatnot. I don't think that uh, royal treatment is getting me where I want to be. I think I'd just rather play like blossoming defense or uh, vines of vastwood in this scenario. I, I just don't like just hexproof and plus one plus one. The ward's nice and all, but you're already giving hexproof. You're already blanking the spell. 
making it more of a pain in the butt to target the thing is like incidental at best. Because uh, if they're go- like if they're gonna get you, it's not because you gave your creature plus one plus one. <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna if you're gonna go all the way, like no one's playing gut shot right now. Like you're not like getting them from that. It's just just it just gets around Orgish Bowmasters a little bit, or like instantly stops you. Like if your opponent's like, oh, I'll kill your guy with this, and you can be like, well, I'll save my other guy with this. You know, I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not like one hundred percent on it. If it said give a royal row. A, sorry, a royal roll to any creature you control, I'd be more on, on par with this card. I think that that would be a really interesting effect where, like, you're like, I'll hexproof this guy, give that guy plus one, plus one, and, and like, totally blank your play, right? Like, I can do mm-hmm. two things, right? This is doing one thing twice, basically, which is basically just giving something. It's protecting it from dying, and it's protecting it from dying again, and it's preventing you from killing it again. It's, you know, it doing three things as, as it were, but like, it's only doing three things to one creature. And a lot of times mm-hmm. you're in a situation where you want to do, uh, do multiple things. You know, you want, you want to cast, you want to cast symbiosis and symbiosis costs, uh, costs two mana and it's too much to, to make work. Do you know what symbiosis is, Phil? No. It is a Urza's legacy card, uh, two mana, two target creatures get plus two, plus two, but you have to have two creatures to make it work. It was a big draft yeah. card back in the day. Um, but, uh, if, if there was a card like that for one mana that like allowed mm-hmm. you up to two creatures, I, I would play that over something like this. Yeah. I, I have no, no I have nothing to add no, no. I'm not an impact no, no. player. Uh, yeah. So, all right, let's go to, uh, likeness looter, likeness looter. Let me look for that one. Cause it's, I think that's down. Uh, sh- sh- shout out to tough cookie for your 80 cast deck. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I can turn non-creature artifacts into four fours. Yeah, that would be sick. Uh, can you make food tokens, bro? You oh my just, god! I mean, this this thing is a uh, is plus two plus two for your constructs, my guy. Where is Likeness Looter? Are we all the way like oh. down in? Likeness Looter is in blue black. Oh, okay. That's all the way. Yeah, okay. Here, we're going all the way down. All right. Likeness Looter is is the new Lazav. Uh, a one blue, one black creature, fairy shapeshifter, flying, tap to draw a card and discard a card. It's a one one. Uh, X lightning looter becomes a copy of target creature in your graveyard with mana value of X, except it has flying, and this ability activated only as a sorcery. Phil, you're the Lazab not guy. I'm a Lazab not guy. Now there's there's upsides and downsides to this card. The upside, it's not legendary, so it doesn't have to give a shit about Caracas, which is delightful. The other upside is that it's flying, so whatever it turns into, it retains Flample. flying. So it's Flample's a, pretty good. So, so it's, it's it's a flying trampler, which yeah. is pretty sweet. Uh, being a looter is uh, probably better than the ETB surveil in some cases. Not always, yeah. because you you this assumes that your creature untaps, and if you're untapping with this card, ideally you're turning it sideways and doming for twelve, yeah. and you're not looting. But in the spots where you're not doing that, having a looter is. It's maybe better than surveil so there's some trade-off there mm-hmm. the uh downside about this though is this came out after orcish bowmasters <laughs> and your two mana one one that doesn't do anything that if there was a zero mana if there was a zero mana card that this could copy then maybe or because it well the, uh, as, <laughs> as more than i've seen a cold car my guy oh, as more than martica i've seen a cold car that would good, That'd the, be good. but but th- this this meaning on on rate, it's still three mana to turn to to make your dreadnought. If, assuming the dreadnought's in your yard, yeah. uh, in in reality though, if you spent 
a mana to put the Dreadnought into the yard. It's four mana over the course of your early turns to put this creature into play that is potentially either blanked by a Bowmaster Just, because you this is activated only as a sorcery. Yeah. So you can't you can't maneuver. Yeah. They can. That means that this card is likely priced out because that card exists. Yeah. Um, but if the if the if there was a world where you had enough density, or maybe there was like a world where you're like, I want some number of Ozov, but I don't want all four because it is legendary, which means that it's not good in multiples and it gets bounced by Caracas that maybe you do some kind of split for your tier eight deck. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then let's talk about Agatha's Soul Coffin, Soul Cauldron. Uh, this is a uh, two I'm going to mana... let you talk about it because I don't understand what it does. <laughs> this is a two mana legendary artifact. Says you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate the abilities of creatures you control. Creatures you control with plus one counters on them all have activated have activated abilities of all creatures exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Exile target card from a graveyard. When a creature is exiled this way, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So I'm not going to like I'm reading the bottom part the tap this and exile target creature part as like a thing that also gives creatures a plus one plus one counter right um is this better than hearse i don't think it's better than hearse so i, I think it's worth well, mentioning because there may be something that can be done with this card later on maybe you know phil yeah what this card does is it, it, it turns whatever creature you have into a necroticus uh, oh. and that's that's pretty sweet, right? It's like it it exiles a card. It puts a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control. That creature, now that it has a plus one, plus one counter on it, can use the activated abilities of exiled creatures and it can spend mana as though mana of any color to do so. I mean, so. let's be for so, real. Uh, if you exile Grizzlebrand with this and you get to draw seven cards, it's pretty good. That is good. But the downside, though, is that this assumes that A, you have a creature to do it. B, you, don't you need have a creature. this on board. You can and just can... exile a card, right? <laughs> but then you're you would need to exile something else because the creature, in order to have the ability, needs a plus one plus one. Yeah, I'm just saying, like you can use this as protection. You don't have to have the creature. Uh, this you know. the, I, the the area where I think that I think when you said is this better than hearse, I think that's the act comparison because if you're playing this card, the floor is that it's a two mana worse hearse. Yeah, and if you're down for worse hearse because hearse hits two creatures, two cards, and any cards. Instead of uh, this, which only hits creature cards. Oh, no, target card. Okay, yeah, so it's literally half of a hearse. So if at a baseline you're down for half a hearse, like if that's reasonable for you, and then there's the heavy upside of this being able, if you have some uh, creatures in your you deck with activated abilities. Plus one counters is, is really what it comes down to. No, I, 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 I think what we were talking about of like how good is the floor, right? The floor is this is just a, a um, relic of progenitus uh, for two mana, for right? Two mana. But then, Which, but then if, but the 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 upside is if you were in a heavier creature deck that w like if you were in the deck that was playing hearse and you're like well this has th there is some upside of getting plus one plus one counters as opposed to uh, having a thick card or drive then maybe this is a little bit better. The downside is that it's legendary. The upside is that you can turn everything into a necroticus. The the upside also is that uh, hearse if you want to start attacking with hearse. Uh, it turns Hearse off as far as like being like a reactive thing, whereas this stays reactive because uh, it's going to stay untapped after you you know like on your turn, right? Uh, and you can wait until your opponent's turn to activate it, uh, and then you, you know attack with your creatures that are that are slowly growing or whatnot. 
Um, I, I, I think we probably spent too much time on this card as far as like, why is it like worth playing? It's, so, it's just another uh, option for like, for a deck that plays ancient tomb to like have a graveyard it, piece. It's another option, but like uh, uh, unlicensed Hearst is an all time great, uh, relic effect that exists in the format yeah. and for eternal formats. Now, a lot of that is absorbed by Urza Saga existence, which just compels you to play something like Soul Guide instead. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get into exactly. this space, but like for the decks that aren't playing, so Urza Saga crowds a lot of the space, yeah. but for the decks that aren't playing Urza Saga that are looking to those types of effect, if you were looking for uh, a, a hearse that instead is pumping your team, if you have enough of a team to pump, then the incidental effect of being able to go off by making an necrotic ooze, that's appealing. This card yeah. will likely show up in sideboards in some decks somewhere in your legacy environment. So be prepared for that. Yeah. All right, next is Sir Ginger, the Meat Ender. Uh, the two... Meal Ender. Meal, the meal... meal Ender. Meal meat Ender's ender way better, though. Meat, meat ender. Ender's way better. I was like, whoa. Because, like, you I know, like cookies, cookies aren't meat. Uh, this is a two-mana, three-one. Uh, legendary, artifact, creature, food knight. Uh, when... So it has trample, hexproof, and haste. As long as an opponent controls a Planeswalker, that is the relevant text on this card, by the way. Whenever another artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Sir Ginger and Scry One, and you can sacrifice it to gain life equal to its power. Um, I, I mentioned this because this is an interesting card as like, oh, I'm just going to slam you know, your Narset so I can start drawing cards again in eight cast. Um, and, you know, because you're on Bobbles, you can sacrifice the Bobbles to give it a plus one uh, it, mm -hmm. i don't think that th this is a card that i that i would personally play but it is it is interesting design space uh for for a creature that wants to specifically punish planeswalkers but it also isn't a totally bad rate for for eight cast i actually think this is interesting because there it's it this is flashy it's a lore character it's this legendary two drop artifact that's riding a gingerbread horse and it's hitting plane. It's calling out planeswalkers specifically, which is something that, you know, we all need in this world. Uh, but I actually think it's just a worse patchwork automaton. Is it, is it even worse than Patrick, patchwork automaton? Is it a worse slash Panther? No, I think this <laughs> is better than slash Panther and the decks that would want it. Yeah. Because it not being bottlenecked per, once per turn, and the scry is not nothing like that. Yeah. That you being able to turn your bobbles into scries, yeah. Uh, scry and draw is pretty good, right? That's that's pretty hot. Like turning yeah. everything into a pseudo pre, like all your bobbles into pseudo preordains. Like that's that's not nothing. Like yeah. if, it, like in in my in my mind, this is like another nice addition for maybe like the blue painter decks where yeah. scrying and, to get to a combo is really, is really hot. And let's remember, uh, there are reasons to have legends in that deck, right? Uh, your Odawara, Odawara, you know, yeah. is a thing. There, there is, a, there's some other reason I forget. Oh, I, so there was a version of the deck I was thinking about where maybe you decide to play Mox Amber, right? Like with Psy and Emery and this, like Mox Amber becomes Mox, slightly closer to pl playable. Mox Amber doesn't tap for a color with this, unfortunately. Wah, wah. <laughs> Colorless isn't a color. Boom. Colorless ain't a color. Get him Your out of 80 here. cast, 80 Guys, cast get him deck. Out of here. Get it out of here. All right. Back to eight, back to regular eight cast. Then. All right. We got the Iron Crag, which is another two-mana artifact. This is a two-mana artifact that produces one colorless mana. It's a legendary artifact, by the way. Uh, whenever a legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have the Iron Crag become a legendary equipment 
artifact named the Everflame Heroes Legacy. If you do, it gains equip three and a uh, equip creature gets plus three, plus three and loses all our abilities. Maybe this is the reason why we want uh, the, the legendary creatures, Phil. What do you think? So Try this card's unplayable, but, but what I have learned, what I have learned is that every plane in the multiverse needs some kind of mythical slab of rock. So the hell vault? here we yep. have the hell vault. We got the iron crag. Give me some others. Where are some others? Like, There's got to be others. Uh, is there one in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I, like this. This gave me Hell Vault vibes. Yeah, it does. And have I was Hell like, Vault man, vibes. there's a lot of there's a lot of legendary. Just you know, uh, there's a rock over there. That that thing is <laughs> iconic. Well, let's talk about this, I, the card in the set that I'm the, the most uh, into. Uh, what's, the, what's the what's the what's uh, the the stone? The Alexander sword is in the stone. What's that stone? The sword in the stone. Yeah, where he pulls the sword out, and he's the only person who can do King it. King Arthur? Yeah, he pulls the sword out of the stone, yeah, right? Yeah, what, what about Am it? I thinking of the wrong story? Yeah, that's, that's King, that... King Arthur, the sword in the stone. That's Merlin. Yeah, yeah, but but what's the stone called in that There's story? There's no name Does for it... the stone. The stone, dude. The it's sword just the stone? And the stone. No wonder I forgot the name, because yeah. it doesn't exist. But the, the Iron Crag is a throwback to that story. Yes, it is. But it's funny because so, so, so many people think that... Uh, Excalibur and the Sword in the Stone are the same thing, uh, and they're not. Uh, the Lady well, in the what Lake. What stone was Excalibur in? No, Excalibur wasn't in the stone. It was it was given it was in to the lake. you by the Lady of the Lake. Yeah, or yeah, given to, which is Emery. Yeah, yeah Emery. Where's where, where, where's Emery? Give, where's the, the the where's your equipment for that Emery's given you? The it's shadow. in your it's in your graveyard, my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, let's talk about the 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 card. I think is actually the the in my personal opinion. I think this is the card that I'm going to see the uh, the most play with, and that is Candy Trail, Phil. Candy Trail is a one-mana artifact food clue. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, scry two, and then I can sacrifice it to gain three life and draw a card for two mana and tap it. I was really high on this card as another way to turn on Council's Deliberation and then also draw a card at instant speed for Miracles, and then I goldfished it, and I was like, oh, it's unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for Miracles, yes, I agree. It's unplayable. This is a card I would include as, a, like, a one-of in uh, in 8-cast. I'm always, like, kind of looking for, like, one other one-of in 8-cast in to play. And this card does does a few things. One, the life the life is not nothing because sometimes you, you know, you are in a situation where you've, you know, almost killed yourself with uh, Ancient Tomb to gain the life. But getting this back with, with our, our girl Emery is, is an interesting because... It's more than a card that you're getting back, right? You're scry two and drawing a card and your, uh, you know, and the three life. Um, so, so that to me is that's better than getting a bobble back every turn. Even if I'm paying like the three three mana total, you get to a point where you have enough mana to be like doing what you want to do. So yeah, that li- what you just said is how I know that I don't play enough a cast because you being like, yeah, the mana doesn't matter that much, and I'm like, Emery Bobble is just. Library of Alexandria. Well, and it is, like, it is, but Emery Bobble Scry to gain three life. Like that is, I'm only spending like two mana for this effect, right? Because I I can offset that amount by uh, by the life that I'm gaining, right? Because I'm tapping an ancient tomb to to do this, and then oh cool, I gain the three life. So I'm only really spending two mana on this effect, and the Scry two and draw a card together, I feel like is worth that that one that one mana. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I would be curious to see what your uh, findings are after you test with this card yeah. because the art is hot. It reminds me of Infinity, and I love it. Yeah, 
All right. Bro, three bowls of porridge. Is it a flavor <laughs> fail that three bowls of porridge doesn't cost three and it has three modes and they're just not powered up to – so, like, three <laughs> bowls of porridge, it's a food. It activates – so it costs two. It activates for two, but then it gives you three modes and one of which is a shock, but then another one gains you three life. Did they miss an opportunity Go- to go threes down the line? didn't have that kind of mana, dude. Dude, she was broke. if they did three, if it was three, 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 tap three creatures, you know, yeah. like I get that that's busted. It should and limited, also deal but like, three damage, right? Three damage, gain three life, tap three creatures, cost three, activates for three. Like there was an opportunity here for a lot yeah. of threes and they just, uh, you know. You know, I, I do want to talk about one other card that's totally unplayable, but uh, because we did we did the review of uh, Maro's thing, uh, I hit on this one and I just wanted to bring, bring this up real fast. Uh, there is a card called the Gruff Triplets. Yeah, Gruff mm-hmm. Triplets, which are is a 3-3 with Trample that is a Seder Warrior. That's a 3 billy Goats Gruff, dude. I called that. 3 billy called Goats that. Gruff. That's uh, pretty I'll, ridiculously I'll, I'll, bad as far as the Magic card is concerned. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad, uh, <laughs> yes. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to also throw out some uh, two, two honorable mentions that are also bad. Hmm. Uh, Archive Dragon, best flavor text in the set that I can remember. Okay. What does it I'm, say? I'll, I'll read... Uh, I'll read it. The picture is, uh, uh, it's a blue dragon. It's a four, six for, with ward two for four blue, blue. And uh, when it enters the battlefield, it scries two. It's not a playable, it's a, it's a draft chafe uncommon. But it's a picture of a dragon reading a book. And the quote in the, in the flavor text is fascinating. It says here that dragons cannot read. <laughs> All right, that's good. This is great, Larry. My, this my, 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 my uh, second, uh, Shout out is, uh, man, Edgewall in. What a home run of a name, a home run of an art, and an absolute botch in that it is entirely unplayable. Edgewell, Edgewall in, enters the battlefield tapped. Okay. Uh, enters the battlefield, choose a color, add a man of that color, or three, return target creature that has an adventure from your graveyard to your hand and sacrifice it. Woo! That is bad. It's it unfortunate because that art it is not on the edge that at all. art that art not even on the edge of playability. This no. this art though is it's pretty red. Exquisite. That's, that's great, that's Exquisite. Great all right. Uh let's talk about the I have four cards from the commander set that I think that are worth like mentioning, talking about. Uh so we've got uh Glowane. Gl- let's call him Glowane. Uh still still <laughs> okay. rolling down here. Trying to find it. Uh, where are we at? Where is it at? Glowane. Glowane Casting Director is a 3-2 for three mana. That's one, a green, and a white. Whenever Glowane Casting Director or another creature enters the battlefield, you can, uh, under your control, choose one. Create a royal role. Create a sorcerer role. Create a monster role. Choose one of those. I think this card does not do nearly enough for what you need it to in your three-drop slot, the, I, uh, so but it is a sweet name. I think the problem with this card is that one thing people aren't going to no- realize immediately if they're trying to play this is that you can only have one roll in at a time. No, you can have one roll on one creature at a time. You can't attach multiple rolls to a creature. Oh, okay, great. So that's, so you, that's If perfect. you have different creatures, you can, that's you great. can put I'm different rolls on different discussion. creatures. Because uh, yeah. that does change my uh, how how I feel about rolls. So every creature can have one roll. So the the, no the op- optimization is like this card is uh, like good on rate in that like it it 
it comes in and by itself, it's a three mana, three, four with some amount of upside, depending on the role that you choose. Mm -hmm. And it makes all of your creatures better. But that is like, maybe that's good as a one of green sun target for matchups where, you know, we're going to get into combat and we're doing that sort of thing. Yeah, we're grinding it out. Uh, yeah. I, I will have to call up Strass and Dukes because yeah. I don't have, I don't have enough knowledge to know if like that is even something that the world needs uh, in their three drop they, slot when a lot of it's a, taken up by like Knight and Ramy Nap and stuff. So just stress, do you need a Birds of Paradise uh, with plus one, plus one, and Ward one? Do you want your bolts to get birded? I, I think the, the, <laughs> the Sorcerer role is the one that gives plus one, plus one, lets you scry, right? So I think that like yeah. being, being able to... When being, it attacks. Having more... Yeah, yeah, but having more ways to control the top of your library for selection, Dude, that's probably the... Paradise, one... Two flying trample. We were talking about trampler. how good trample is, right? Trampler, Flample. bro. Uh, uh, the other card that I want to talk about is the court cycle because yeah. uh, there are other cards that bring in the monarch, and the monarch's a get out of here mechanic. Yep. And uh, one of them I hate is it. green, and... and it's one less mana than all the other ones. Yeah, I wonder what could go wrong. <laughs> uh, so, Court of Garenbrig is one green green, and it says when it ETBs, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, distribute two plus one plus one counters among up to two target creatures. Then, if you're the monarch, double the number of plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. So it makes all of your creatures huge, and by definition, the monarch replaces itself uh, because you'll at least get to the end of your turn, yeah. and your opponent can't take it from you. So you're uh, immediately so it's, doing plus four plus four with this card again, dude. And draw if you a card. believe in the card, like the the, the, <laughs> the cost of this card, the cost of this card is it's a pump spell that cantrips, yeah. and then if they don't take it back, you just well, no, you don't get the you don't get the, the plus four plus four. You just get to draw a card. Because uh, you have to wait till your upkeep. Uh, so, so there yeah, is yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that like yeah. the the value of the card is that it replaces itself. So even if they deal with it, they had to spend a resource to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. But like the the, I don't think any of the other courts are, you know, too exciting at four because the one ring exists. Uh, and yeah, uh, which quite uh, what's this? Minsk exists. Yeah. But Court of Garenbrig is like the one that's doing something significantly different for something significantly cheaper, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that one uh, showing up in uh, any deck that can cast it on turn two. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about Knickknack Ulf. Knickknack Ulf is a one in an X, one green in an X for a creature Ulf. It is a one one, and it comes into the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, and it says when this enters the battlefield. Reveal the top X cards of your library. You may put any number of aura cards with mana value of X or less among them onto the battlefield. Then put all the revealed cards that way that weren't on the battlefield. Uh, sorry, uh, that weren't on the bottom of your deck and shuffle your library. Or no, in a random order, sorry. Um, so this is interesting because it's not a space that Legacy really deals Like aura cards, not a space that Legacy really deals in. And will it be? Probably not. But this is this is an interesting effect. It has that like, I mean, a card you know all too well. It has that epic experiment kind of effect. Yeah, I mean, it's if I, the only world that I would see this in is in a world that can Gaia's Cradle because you need to get enough mana. But then at the same time, you also then need aura cards, and unless there are aura cards that are also creatures that I'm unaware of, to like. Load up. Some, like, I don't know where creatures this... when they come into play or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think there's a good baseline for legacy, which is if we're looking at a card and don't immediately see a home that it can slot into or a home that it creates by itself, 
Yeah. It's probably not good enough. It might not have a home. And nobody wants uh, orphan magic cards. I think the uh, there's one last card, uh, which I think is kind of cool, which is uh, Loam Crafter Fawn. Yeah. Which is two and a green for a 3-3. Three, three. Uh, when it ETBs, uh, you can discard one or more lands. When you do, return that many target non-land permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. So it's just uh, recall that yeah. you ETB, you, like your 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 life in the loam shenanigans, like it just gives you a way to convert those cards. It's uh, it's it's a square statted 3-3 three, three that's green sun zenithable, and the ETB lets you convert any amount of lands that you have into other permanent cards uh, yeah. in your graveyard that, uh, I mean, also the per- permanent cards means that you can also return, um, what are the other... Uh, like I, I, I think like this is sort of feeding itself when it's suggesting lo- as loam crafter fawn that with yeah. life in the loam, loam is loam. milling. Yeah. It. You're playing with loam. You're milling your shit. Like this, I, I don't know if like there are other out- outlets to like mox diamond discards lands, and now this is letting you discard lands. Yeah. And I don't know if there's also space for like discarding for advan- for for value that this could uh, th- could offer, but. I mean, this just card being able- like in vintage, like it's cool to get back your, you know, your Moxon or your Black Lotus and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I start playing this in eight cast so that I can get back my stuff after everybody in the format decides to play Meltdown. Yeah, bro. And 80 cast, 80 <laughs> card cast has room for this. Yeah, so that's, I should play that's life good news for you. In that, deck. that way I can get uh, back my uh, Urza Sagas. This card strikes me as the one where I'm like, I don't know if this makes a new home or anything, yeah. but it strikes me as another card in the Ramianap Excavator space where if you're playing with Loam or Green Sun Zenith or both, that this is just going to give you an incidental effect that is like really high value and uh, can get you out of a lot of tight positions that you otherwise wouldn't because, you know, loading up your hand, putting other uh, lands in the graveyard, those lands that you just dumped into your graveyard, if you were loaded up on them, feed your Knight of the Reliquary or feed your Ram and App Excavator that then like, pulls those lands back out of the yard uh, and lets you pick up like, you know, explorations or whatever. I don't know. Like there's a lot, the, like when we were talking about, it's like, if we can't think of a home for, for oof, we can think of home for Loam Crafter yeah, Shamans. It, and so like, I imagine every Green Sun Zenith player should own at least one of these. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that does it. That's all the cards. So uh, thank you for uh, thank you, everyone who has subscribed to the channel. Amazing. Uh, Give this a like, Uh, you know, comment. Tell us what cards we missed. Of course, that stuff pushes the video, all that stuff. Have a good day and thank you for watching, everyone. Hey, check out this new series we're working on where we go over all of Deep Magic and review it chapter by chapter. Have a good one.